Welcome back to Working Class Radio. This is Detour Dan, and you're tuned in to Rewind My Life with special guests, Adam, the Miracle on Ice, and Texas Tony, that Englishman from across the Atlantic, bringing you the stories and the music that shaped our lives. So welcome back to Working Class Radio. This is Detour Dan, and you guys are tuned in to Rewind My Life with my special guests, Texas Tony. And uh, my friends call me the Miracle on Ice. Adam, howdy. Adam from Torrance, the Miracle on Ice. He didn't know what the Russians and U.S. team were doing in 1980, and that was the Miracle on Ice. So that is now Adam's new nickname for this podcast <laughs> is the Miracle on Ice because he thought we were talking about a Disney show. <laughs> Yeah, 100% I thought that's what you were talking about. It's really fucked up. There was no Frozen on Ice back then when Adam was growing up, so I'm trying to figure out, was he watching Peter Pan on Ice? What was it, Adam? Uh, I, forget, I forget what it was. I don't know the Disney theme, but yeah, they were the live ice shows. My mom took me all kinds of shit like that. I guess it was dependent. Brad. It depended on like what movie was released, right? If it was Snow White, I, w- I would assume it was, so. It might have been uh, Fantasia. Might have been one of that the was themes. a big one. That was a I big re- one. I mean, the movie came out way before. Yeah, I remember. Uh, the, I remember the movie. But I think well, I remember Fantasia showing up. My father showed up in town. My biological father showed up in a Lincoln Continental, a briefcase full of money and cocaine, and oh. took us. Got me out of bed to take me to see Fantasia, that's, and the whole family went. And that's see? back when they used to have rooms for kids to cry. Parents would take their kids into a back room in the movie theater <laughs> and, them and allow them to cry <laughs> while the movies were going on. Sebastopol Theater has one. I mean, it might not be. I haven't been there in years, but what, Sebastopol so Theater had a kid room. If your kids started kicking off and disturbing the rest of the patrons, yeah. you could take them into a back room and whoop them so that it, well, you weren't necessarily whooping them, giving them something to cry about. I mean, maybe some of the dads were back then. I mean, I know my dad was giving yeah. me something to cry about all the time. You want something to cry about? Um, but they had a room in the back to where you could take your kid and still watch the movie. And no, it was soundproof shit. so that yeah. they could cry and nobody inside the theater could hear it. Yeah. You guys, yeah. You guys yeah. are so far in front of It's like of you're behind us. glass watching the movie. <laughs> yeah, you were behind glass. Yeah. yeah. Wow. But back to it, we definitely, in our first episode, like three different perspectives of what was going on around the world with the Iran hostage situation, the hostages in the embassy in London, you know, El Salvador, everything that's going on in the world. And we kept venturing back to what it was like being a kid and how much the Vietnam conflict affected us growing up. Yeah, it had a massive impact on me, I guess. We repeated that. We went back to it three times in part one alone. Yeah, but your dad was a Vietnam vet. Yeah, it was it was pretty prolific for me. I mean, I, I re- specifically remember doing like reports in school on the Vietnam War. Just, I, I don't know any connection I could have to my father. Man, it must have been all that money you guys had down in L.A. because our fucking <laughs> history books never got past World War Two. Well, you know, dude, I was tripping yeah. out. Like, uh, I heard this thing that nobody talks about the korean war a whole lot yeah what right went wrong with that one right it's world war one world war two you have wow. all these skirmishes you got vietnam war all these different conflicts and the korean war i don't know 
a fucking thing about it. It's always that. Absolutely and, and nothing. And the Korean War. <laughs> and the Korean War. The right. only person I ever really remember as a kid talking about the Korean War was Sam Kinison and Rodney Dangerfield's back to school <laughs> oh, yeah, when that's... he stands up in the classroom in that scene and he's screaming, ah, ah, ah. That's, that's... And Eisenhower was such a pussy that he didn't draw, push him back. And that's the only mention of the Korean War unless I was sitting around the card table with my grandparents and great uncles and that stuff as a kid. Well, if it had Dangerfield in it, you know it's legit, dude. It's a real it's a real issue. <laughs> it's it's amazing Sam Kinison's dead, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. my god. And that's I love that that's guy, going dude. way back. So with it, we boiled down all these events. So what affected our lives? Like this is maybe where all this angst came from in the eighties. And in 1980, we still had some good things going on, like the Rubik's Cube came out. Let's test your mind. You know, Pac-Man came out. All of a sudden, we had these little distractions to not look about what was going on. Because in 1980, I was in first grade, and I remember reading in an encyclopedia that they had at the school about how if we had more than two kids, by the time 2000 hit, the world was going to be overpopulated. So already they're telling me don't have a family. Like I'm I'm taking all this stuff in like a sponge as a six-year-old kid reading it, and I'm scared. That's some Chinese influence. <laughs> it might have been. It might have been. The overpopulation thing's bullshit. No? Yeah. I mean. Well, we talked about that overpopulation, I remember, in first grade. And then that went into like all this other stuff that was going to take your mind off of what was going on in the world, and that was the outlet stuff. You know, Lincoln Logs were still going on. But as the music progressed, we were starting to hear more and more angst about how there was no future. Like the band Flipper out of San Francisco gave us ha 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 about such a killer special life going on. And really, they were just clowning on the fact that we had no future. The fuck is a Lincoln Log? A Lincoln Log. It's a, it's <laughs> you know, a piece of wood that's you got You know some, what a Lincoln Log is? Yeah. <laughs> you could build yourself a log cabin and it came in a yeah. cylinder tub that you could dump out and build these houses and it it taught you how to build and construct things engineer stuff that wouldn't fall over yeah they like click together oh really you know not like legos we had a we had like like logs like they had a a a notch that fit into the other log yeah (laughs) a lincoln log a lincoln log i mean it sounds really gross (laughs) <laughs> not well, only, only only from the miracle on ice does it sound gross. If your mind th- goes there, it goes there. When I hear log, that's not what I think of. Uh, maybe my mind's jacked, but we had. A, well, we uh, know yours is. We had, <laughs> we had erector sets. We did have oh, erector yeah. sets here too. Yeah, we dumped we dumped it way out. down for the U.S. Yeah. Dude, and went with Lincoln logs. <laughs> yeah, yeah we're, <laughs> you were too busy losing the nuts and bolts for the erector set. Uh, so let's let's keep it simple. I think it was called something else. It, it was. Americans was a right to set, and in England we had something else. And I always thought it was, I thought it was shit because I could never build anything with it, whereas my brother could. You know what I mean? He was the smart, yeah. smart one of the family, and I don't know, ah, fucking shit. Anyway, back to Lincoln Logs. <laughs> Lincoln Logs. Lincoln Logs. So, <laughs> what what was your take on the world at that point? Like, we did have some things that were taking our minds off of what was going on in the world and the world affairs. But in the back of my mind, there was always that fear that something was going to happen. When's that next shoe going to drop? And here I am, six years old, already waiting for that other shoe to drop. God, and, I'm like 17. <laughs> yeah, you, you're 11 years older than us. <laughs> I, did, I don't know if anybody could tell, but yeah. So the, Texas the, Tony is still trying to figure out where Texas fits in the English world. It's in southern, southern Texas. 
Southern Texas? I mean, Southern England. Yeah. Southern England. Oh, yeah. okay. I was okay. Just, just fried my brain there for a second. I'm like, there's no fucking way I've been in Southern Texas. I, I even confuse myself because people go, hey, man, where are you from? I'm like, oh, fuck. You know what I mean? After 25 years, 30 years of answering that question, you're like, Texas? And they're like, really? You're like, oh, fucking big fish. Got big fish. <laughs> so basically what you're getting is that you're sick of saying that you're from England. Yes. And... Texas is the most off-the-wall place you could say you're from, and people are buying into that, huh? Yeah. I mean, yes, absolutely. I've met people with a hook, line, and sink, and I'm like, Southern Texas. You know what I mean? <laughs> and they're like, really? <laughs> well, that that's a great conversation ender. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. That, that would <laughs> shut it all down right there for me. Yeah, that, oh, that and I'm a helicopter pilot. <laughs> <laughs> well, that too, yeah. It'd be hard to believe that your ass would be a yeah, helicopter pilot. I don't know if I buy that one. Texas <laughs> even would even be fucking hard for me, man. Well, Texas is the obvious not solution there. Supposed to be hard for you. And I like Texas. I was just there. Texas is nice. At least where I was. I wouldn't want to live there, but uh, it was anyway. It was was fun. Yeah. As we digress (laughs) down the rabbit hole of Texas, I don't want to offend any Texans. That that state could probably fill the whole country of England and fit it in there. Yeah. yeah. Along with the Isles. How many people are in England? A lot. Oh, fucking no shit. <laughs> so in London, I think right now is is about ten million. I think. Holy shit! It's a big. It's spread out. Yeah. You know what I mean, it's it, the the boroughs, the counties, whatever you want to call them, the boroughs have um, enlarged, and now it's like they've expanded the train train tracks to where you can um, don't have to live downtown in the city. You can live in the burbs or counties, boroughs, and you can still get into London within an hour. Oh, because of the rail system? Yeah. So oh, that makes yeah. sense. Anyway. Yeah, that's an Easter philosophy there. Yeah. Even though it's not Eastern. Yeah. You mean California? So, yeah, we got a bullet train. Yeah, that train that's going to run from San Francisco to L.A. <laughs> we don't have a bullet train. When? when? We'll, yeah. we'll all be fucking dead before that thing <laughs> Yeah, they shot out. a bullet. Yeah. No, we have the Express, and all that means is it, it flies by you when you want it to stop. <laughs> Every time. Yeah. But anyway, getting back to the 80s. Yeah, what? In 1980, so yes, we got a list of songs that came out in the 1980s that kind of explain what's going on. Like the Ramones, they cover Johnny Thunder's Chinese Rocks, and this whole song is talking about my stuffs and hawk. Like heroin is still running rampant in our country, and back to Vietnam, a lot of the vets came back with that habit. That new fucking form. They went in going uppers and booze and came back with a habit of heroin and opiates. And that plays out in the 80s. Like, we're still there. So while the Ramones are singing Chinese rock, you got Jim Carroll writing about all this stuff in the late 70s into the early 80s. And he puts together a band, the Jim Carroll Band, and sings a song with people who've died. Have you guys ever heard that song? No. Well, here we go. You're going to hear it now. I don't know. Manhattan, slime Vietnam, bullet in the head, Bobby O.D. do 
So Jim Carroll, People Who've Died. So what? You remember that song? Fucking do I? I yeah, I didn't know. I had no idea. It was Jim, you definitely Jim. refreshed my memory. Yeah, as soon as it came on, I'm like, yeah. I'm why don't like, I? Why don't I put so, that name with that song? It doesn't even register you think, at all. You but think, that song is brilliant. That's unrecognizable. I mean, that is not unrecognizable. That is recognizable. His Hell na- yeah. name. And then we're back to people that died. Like yeah. so, people are dying all around, and yeah. still that negative stuff is going on, waiting for that other shoe to drop. Yeah, and this is still in 1980. You know, that's so crazy. That was in 80. Yeah, 1980, and we don't talk oh, about that opioid epidemic like yeah. we do nowadays. Yeah. Once it hit the suburbs and went into all that, people started talking about it. We kept the heroin in the inner cities. Uh, yeah. Like as long as the dope fiends are hanging out in the fucking ghetto, Just like the we heads. don't need to look at it. Exactly. It's the fucking same. Although now the burbs are pretty dangerous with all the shit rolling around. <laughs> they are these you days know, because it's, it's still not quite Oaktown. But, uh, but uh, you do. There's a lot of kids dying, man. Yeah. Fucking. Oh, yeah. There is. We are. We are still back in that same deal. People are dying off left and right. But yeah. this I mean, is something that's covered up. They only talk about it when somebody from a neighborhood that's well pristine neighborhood goes yeah. into. The ghetto so, so, and gets loaded and dies. So that song was about people getting loaded and dying. That was about him growing up as a kid and all his friends dying. Oh, oh fuck. fuck! I just oh, that that hits different when you fucking say that, man. Yeah. And that that was his upbringing in New York back in the day, and that's from the seventies going into the eighties. So he's reminiscing about what it was like being a kid growing up yeah. in that song. Makes sense. But it brings us right into the Ramones doing Chinese rock. All I'm, my best things are in hock. I'm living on a Chinese rock. Uh, yeah, it makes sense now, dude. Until, until you said it earlier, it never even clicked. Maybe I'm dim. I don't know. You're not dim. dim. I, You're I, just I, the miracle, dude. You're the miracle on ice. I did not pick up on the meaning of Chinese <laughs> rock at all. Man, the, I never put much thought to it. That's so mir- crazy. You're the miracle that made it. Yeah, I did. Oh, nice. I made it. Could you could you imagine if the shit that's floating around now was floating around when we were all getting down? No. Yeah, none of us would be sitting at the no, table. No, I'd be fucking dead, bro. I'd How many dead. different times did you put something in your oh, fucking body that fuck. somebody told you was the shit? The oh, shit. shit from the strangers? Shit. This is the yeah. best shit ever. Oh, yeah, I did. I remember, what? Let me try it. I remember, <laughs> I remember calling one of my connections up and he'd be like, hey, man, this is the kill. Ain't gonna last long enough. You gotta get over there, right? <laughs> yeah, you start you Johnson? Yeah. No, nah, dude, could you imagine if fentanyl was around yeah. in, in the 90s? Yeah, he, me, none dude. of us would be sitting at this table right now. No. We'd all be dead. Not yeah. the heroin or, or fucking crack or any better, but... Let's let's <laughs> give this Ramones point. a listen to. This is Chinese rock. Hell yeah.
So that was originally Johnny Thunders and the Heartbreakers. That song came out in 1977, and the Ramones re-released it in 1980. So it is. It's talking about fucking having nothing. Everything's in pawn because you got to have it and you got to feed it. So this is the type of stuff that's going on for anybody older than us. Tony, this is pretty much your age genre. I uh, know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Adam and I were still six, and Adam was still dreaming about the Miracle on Ice down in Torrance and yeah. the bubble that he lived in. Yeah. But here... 1980, it is not looking very bright for the start of this decade. No, it, it, was, it was fucking miserable in England. And it was all, again, it was all about the music and how not to feel the way everyone is telling you the, the, the way you should feel and you should act and you should do and this and that and everything else. But when they dropped the atom bomb, fucking stop, drop and roll, you know what I mean? Anywhere, still. They were still. We still had those drills, like yeah. like that was going to save us from an atom bomb. Yeah. They would start it out and sell it to you with a. Oh, in case there's an earthquake, get under your desk. Yeah, what a bunch of shit. I yeah, could, I but it was really a nuclear <laughs> test. Yeah, I know, but it was like I see the fucking nuclear test results and stuff on black and white TV. You know what I mean? And it destroyed fucking buildings. What the hell was this desk? Gonna do? Yeah, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? They weren't showing us that in elementary school yet. Oh, I right. didn't get to see the atom bomb drop until probably sixth grade, maybe seventh grade, no, when we started getting know. farther along in history. But the, the, these songs, I mean, were the Ramones big in England? The not with me. Well, that's bit. not what I wasn't yeah. really asking that. <laughs> they were uh, East Coast band, right? Yeah, they were. Yeah. They were East, an East Coast so band. They East were a Jersey band. band that moved to the village. Okay, and so, they were around for CBGBs at the start of CBGB's, that. CBGBs, yeah. Blondie, and and all that. Yeah, Talking so, Heads. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they had the mixture of the English and the American East Co West Coast. I mean, East Coast. I mean, fucking hell, East Coast um, vibe. Yeah, and um, they were. <laughs> I knew them because they'd done a movie. Rock and Roll High School. There you oh, go. Yeah. Came, out, came out this year. Came out in 1980. Oh, was Rock it? and Roll High School. So oh, my that's, God. That, 80 was a banger, dude. <laughs> it we might have been 79, but I believe uh, that I know the song came out, Rock and Roll High School, was on that album with Chinese Rock for... Yeah, but with all this bad shit that's going on in the world, it's like, it's it's amazing that we still find ways to just... It's, well, it's human nature, I guess, isn't it? It's to escape that feeling, yeah. the angst, that, that whatever, you know what I mean? I thought it was... Well, anyway, don't matter what I thought, but um, the Ramones really weren't my thing because at that time, you know, I was more into the specials, UB40, um, you know, <laughs> Joy Division. Yeah, well, let, let's dude. talk about that Joy Division. Like that yeah. was something really dark. Yeah, it's and dark not music. knowing what he was battling through no. the whole time he was writing these songs. Like, yeah. love will tear us apart. I Why thought, do I want a girlfriend? Yeah. Why do I want to have a broken heart feeling? I thought it was a beautiful song. <laughs> it's because you're yeah, fucked up, man. That's why. Because <laughs> he's English. <laughs> and he's from Texas. No, it's a fucking killer song. That yeah, whole album is good. Yeah, yeah, that, that whole, yeah. that whole that album rips, man. Yeah. So the Ramones, I really can't talk about other than the movie. You know what I mean? It, well, it, it Rock was, and Roll High School did come out in 1979. They released oh, okay. Rock and Roll High School in 1980 on their album. Okay. Close enough. But they were already hitting TV. They were already a phenomenon that they were dressed one way. They were acting one way. They all had the same last name, Ramon. Oh, and okay. that was their persona. So they were yeah. hitting Scooby-Doo. They were hitting yeah. TV shows and sitcoms yeah. and doing their little spots. Yeah. Dude, yeah. all their cameos, man. 
Yeah, but I, let's let's get back to that Joy Division coming out of Manchester with Level Terrace apart. That was the starting for me of this new wave goth scene that was popping up. Like we started venturing mm-hmm. around, and girls started wearing white makeup and dressing in black. I remember watching that come across the elementary school playground to where people started getting conscious about what they look like, no, 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 no. <laughs> rather than just coming to coming to school in the blue light special fake Levi's or the cheap stuff that was well, the, going on because <laughs> in, in 1980, everybody was in a recession. Yeah. I remember there was no work and my mother was the breadwinner for the house. You yeah. know, the old man with a habit, there was no construction going on. So he wasn't working most of the winter times. I just remember it being a dark, dark time yeah. going home and having to deal with the, the old man at home, not working like that mental shit that goes on when you're out of work. Yeah. He Thing took is, it out on us as kids. Yeah, I think I think we can all agree that we we all got we we all got to experience that from our dads and stuff. You know, what I mean, it was like kind of a, a generational thing. You know, what I mean, yeah. where you know nobody thought twice about putting a whooping on a kid. You know, what I mean, or backhand no. or or whatever. It was just a thing you did, but it happened in public. Exactly. Like you knew not to say it. you said something out of line. And you got a backhand. Exactly. Yeah, my dad never. He only smacked me a couple of times. I, it was kind of deserved, but he he did a lot of. Uh, Look at scared, Adam justifying what what it was. Yeah, it <laughs> no, was it was kind of deserved. He never actually would hit me, but he'd scare the shit out of me. Yeah. You know, the as men, a little kid, the give, give me a, a strong warning. He, you know, but he never hit me. My neither one of my parents did. I got well, really lucky. That's the thing. I mean, I, I'm, wait, did I get really lucky, or this is that's how it's supposed to be, and you got fucking unlucky? That, I think that's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, maybe, maybe you're right, Adam. Maybe you're right. It, so, it, it no shouldn't offense, be boys, like that. <laughs> none, and none taken. you know, to think that everybody else's household was that way. Yeah, but, I mean, see, yeah. the thing was, my, my dad was never around. Well, he was gone by the time I was nine. So, but I would, I stepped up as the man of the house. As in, I went to work. My brother went to a, was it an apprenticeship? Yeah, I think he got an apprenticeship. And you're the younger brother, right? I'm the younger. After yeah. the house key story and your the yeah. latch key, yeah, yeah, yeah the latch key. Yeah, you had your own <laughs> Vietnam down the hallway. Yeah. <laughs> so you remember that? Yeah, but um, so I went to work. He went to uh, serve an apprenticeship with a in Hatton Garden jewelry, jewelry and stuff like that. <clears throat> and oh, excuse me. And uh, and so for me, straight out of school, no experience. Well, what do you do? You go go get a job on a construction site you know what i mean it's labor yeah. and stuff like that so i I learned to work hard um drink hard and repeat you know what i mean and it was um and it just I progressed mean, we're all tradesmen so <laughs> yeah we all, are we've all yeah, had, we, are. We've we all, all had, learned how to work yeah. hard party yeah. hard yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's what you do yeah and isn't that's that, a, isn't that strange it's that we all have like this <laughs> same bullshit and <laughs> It's fucking. Is that is that generational? Is it the eighties or it? There's got to be. It it all correlates, right? I mean, I'm not. I would like. Trippy? I would like to hear from some of you guys as fans <laughs> some feedback as far as like um, how you were raised. No, not not so much that, but like it's not that I think I'm unique. Obviously, because there's three of us sitting at a table doing the same experiences from well, yeah, pretty much three right? different places in the world. So yeah, you know, what I mean, so how many other people just go through this and it's normal? Oh, <laughs> Daniel's like, oh, yeah, we can normalize anything. And, yeah. it, and, and it was normal. It, yeah. I didn't know any different. Yeah, so, you, go, you know, yeah. and I gravitated towards the kids that had that same normalcy in their families. <laughs> That's why we were on the street. That's why we were getting in trouble. Yeah. That's why we gravitated to each other. Because I know that there was doctors and lawyers at my elementary school that had kids there 
and huh. we were never invited over to their house to, on play dates. Weird. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, getting back to Joy that, Division. Yeah, back to Joy Division, and yeah. you know, level tear us apart. I come from a family that my my mother divorced my father, so to me, love was always going to tear you apart. Like my grandmother used to make these excuses about how your father doesn't come around because he's still in love with your mother. Well, that was all bullshit. Mm. My father fucking partied and didn't want to take time to be a father and lived on the back of a fucking Harley and traveled the fucking world as head of security for the Grateful Dead. So he never had time to have that role as a father. Yeah, it must have sucked. Uh, well, it is what it is. <laughs> I, I can normalize anything. I I enjoyed my childhood as much as the fear was there, and as much it. as the stick came out to keep me in line. I still had time to be a kid. Like yeah, 1980, yeah. it was just getting into BMX bikes. Bikes like there was dirt tracks back then. There you could go race a BMX bike on the weekends. Skateboarding hadn't hadn't ventured in yet like it still like we talked about in the last episode it was plastic fucking banana boards it wasn't a culture that it turned out to be in the 80s but bmx bikes were everything that was my freedom how long did it take because i came over in 84 84 or something like that um no it was 84 how long did it take for the reaganomics to kick in to just like fucking spend 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 just say no and blah blah blah, blah, blah you know what i mean just say be- no was later on in his uh that was, that was her, wasn't it? That, that, she needed something to do. So, you know, in the, in the beginning of Reagan coming in, she's the done world, decorating the White House for Christmas. So. Well, if, if you look at it, like <laughs> Ronald Reagan hobby. ate jelly bellies. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. There yeah, was yeah, a yeah. big deal about Ronald Reagan loving jelly bellies. So, yeah. all of a sudden, jelly bellies are going everywhere. Stores are opening up all across the country. Like, he just branded that product. We can eat jelly beans. Huh. And look at Jello Biafra put out a, a compilation record <laughs> on alternative tentacles. Let them eat jelly beans with Reagan on the front of it. Like oh, that, that played a big part. Reaganomics is coming out right out the gate. Gotcha. He has got the working class fooled that he's going to create all this stuff for us that never pans out. And he's a Republican, right? He is a Republican. Yeah. He's a card carrying union member and a president of his union, the yeah. skilled. The skilled, the guild, actors guild, oh, yeah, screen actors guild, screen the actors screen guild. actors guild. Thank you, Disney. so going, that that played on? a part in what he had going on to be union. Gotcha. So all the working men are like, Ugh. he's an actor. He's gonna, yeah, yeah John he's, Wayne. He's union. He's, he's pro union. He's gonna get us all back to work. He's gonna make it, make it a better yeah. place to live. And you heard in the he's, first he's episode, wait. he's got a clip in there that scares the hell out of me. He's yeah. gonna make because America I don't great remember. Again. Yes, Adam, that right there. <laughs> I do that's... not remember hearing him say that as a kid. I've heard that somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, I heard it somewhere else, and it scares the shit out of yeah, me I've to seen, think that. I've seen the clip where he says that, though. Yeah, yeah we're yeah. going to make America great, great again. again. Yeah. Why weren't we great before? Because yeah. it was his interpretation of what great is? Well, yeah, when was it? When when was it great? When do we go back to where it's great again? I don't fucking get it. It makes no sense to me. Well, I so, mean, what World War after World War Two? It's great, right? Everyone was in, uh, when everyone whoa. had fucking blinders on, and <laughs> yeah. Well, everybody had blinders on, but at the same point, look at what we did after World War Two. We disposed of everything we just fucking built. Yeah. We don't need tanks. We don't need planes anymore because there's never going to be another war again. So everything oh, that, that the women it? came out of the house while the men were fighting and yeah. went to the factories and worked on, yeah. like we got a work fucking ethic out of World War Two. 
So yeah, let's go live this retirement lifestyle. Let's happy hour cocktail with our neighbors at five. Mommy can take volume. Daddy's going to go to work. And we're going to raise our family in this bubble of a fantasy world. Like we were living yeah. in the tomorrow land. In the 1950s, it was the tomorrow land of Disneyland. Fuck, it got me all the way across the coast. I was, <laughs> I was hooked on and single. I'm like, I want a little house with a wife and some kids. Yeah, it sounds dog. fantastic. Well, shit, we're all still looking yeah. for that here in 2023. <laughs> And we're being priced out, so we kind of oh, yeah, we kind of talked about our different experiences. Yeah, and sorry. there's still a class struggle going on in the 80s. Yeah, like yeah. there's a huge class struggle in 1980. What was it, what was like the unemployment like in the 80s? It was eight to seven percent is what we what we uh, had That's looked right. up, and so it's on the rise. Like it, there's no ending in sight for unemployment. What, what is it now? That I I don't have a clue. Yeah, I have a clue. I mean, it doesn't matter because we're talking about the '80s. But. Yeah, but I mean, it, I know that it's it's got to be up there right now because after yeah, like this pandemic, said, there's a lot of people still sitting on unemployment. I don't know if I believe all those fucking numbers they hand out, man. I mean, some of them are got to be close, but it's like, yeah, it's it. I mean, to me, well, that's one of those myths they tell us that you can't manipulate a number, but yes, you can. Oh, bullshit! Yeah, you can man. manipulate it any way you want to 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 speak to what you're trying to justify. That's why the Chinese, yeah. why the Chinese gave us calculators. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know if they gave us calculators. No, I know I there was tallies and sticks and all sorts of shit going on around the world. <laughs> be the the abacus wasn't yeah. the first way to. to I was going to say no. it's be fucked if we carry around abacus everywhere. Because I do know that the Greeks were trying to keep keep numbers on their flocks. There you go. <laughs> so they had their own numerical system that they were working out for addition. But back to it, Joy Division, like level terrace apart. So I never knew a household that was a happily married household. Yeah, me neither. Like that shit did not exist in my world. I knew a few. Yeah, I, I well, I heard you got married, and you got married yeah, fucking death to us till we part, yeah. and all of that. And that wasn't my experience. Like it was okay to not be with the same person. Oh, uh, we we were the black sheep of the fucking neighborhood, you know, because I mean? mom and dad got divorced. And, uh, oh, it had that big of a stigma? Oh yeah, like socially but, oh, in yeah. your community. Yeah, my mom. I mean, she's she used to she used to cry because. Uh, long story anyway but she would cry that she would have to go down to Romford, Romford Market get have fruit and veg and stuff like that right because she was always known as as my dad's wife right yep oh yeah then that, she, that makes sense I mean then, then she kicks him out divorces him and now everyone's all like uh, and these are people that she's grown up with you know what I mean and I'm, so I used to walk her down the market with me you know what I mean go, go ahead say something go ahead say something I just kicked myself in the mouth. <laughs> he was well, joking. He was that'll check that. your dental yeah. work over there. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, I've been trying to knock these out for 62 years. or 61. But well, um, so, you know, because divorce now is like people are like, they fucking eat, handing them out like it's 50 Halloween 50. Well, now we don't even have divorce. It's just your, your domestic partner. It's like 50%, right? Yeah. Or more? Yeah. Divorce right now? I yeah. mean, not that I'm one to talk. I'm fucking divorced. So. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I mean, I'm part of the statistic. Yeah, I'm on number two. Yeah. yeah. Uh, look at that. Tony's got, he doubled down. He went, that was so good well, once. I got to well, fucking what do you eat think? it. I mean, I'm sitting here. I'm 50 years old and never been married. And yeah. Do I do I fear commitment to get married because of what I saw as a kid? Yeah. Because of Joy Division telling me that love is going to tear me apart? I oh, swore, I'm sure uh, there's some of that, at I least deep down, dude. I swore I was never going to get married in my life. I swore. <laughs> I I did the same. And you've done it twice. I exactly. did the same thing. I did it once. 
So, I mean, Fuck statistics, me. I, I don't see that that's, I mean, maybe it is the way we were raised. I mean, Adam, yeah. you were raised in a bubble by a single mother. Yeah, so. so Tony, Rick, you watched your mom go to the market and have to deal with that stigma of, yeah. it's Being like losing dip- your job and your identity all in one, but you lost yeah. it with a husband. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Like everywhere. You know, you know, it's trippy too. We all had like killer moms. Yeah. Our, my mother is right? the backbone yeah. of the nucleus of the family. She's yeah. the one that taught me how to get up and go. Yeah, Whether so, you got, oh, yeah. you don't stop. You nah. keep going. It was always my mom. Yeah, the family's got to eat, so I've got to go take care of what I got to take care yeah. of. Yeah, I paid half the mortgage. You know what I mean, it was oh, like fucking. Cheers to rad moms, man. Oh fuck yeah! <laughs> and if you're sure listening, <laughs> cheers to mothers that didn't leave us on the doorstep of a church. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for Good raising boy. us. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, my mom was the one who gave me my backbone. You know what I mean? I mean, my dad made sure I was never scared of a man. You know what I mean? It, it, he he was the one responsible for never being afraid of a man because I mean, it, once he's put a beating on me, it's like, well, what the fuck, are you gonna do? You know yeah, what I mean? And, and, and so I, I get that factor. Like nobody can beat you as hard as your dad beat you at home. Nope. But or, that or wasn't the one they, that was teaching you how to be compassionate and no. be polite. No, no. Mum used to always used to tell me she goes, doesn't cost anything to use manners. Please, thank you. Open the door for a woman. Close the door for a woman. She goes, don't even care if you look at her, if you look at her ass when you're closing the door. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. All that shit. Yeah. It's, um... All right. So, um... It's just, you know what I mean? I give props to every single mother there is that is raising kids. And, you know what I mean? It's like... And and single fathers. And, well, single yeah, Adam, pa- Adam wants a pat on the back. The yeah. miracle on <laughs> ice wants a pat on the back. Somebody there. struck my ego. What the fuck, yes, Adam. Man? Good job. <laughs> Thank you. On yeah. being a father. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thanks oh, for yeah. stepping into the role yeah. to show us what a father figure looks like, Adam. That's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We, all right. That's we right, never, There's your kudos for the day. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. All right. We can get off that topic. I feel better now. But back to it. Joy Division coming out of Manchester. Yeah. There's mental issues going on That's a he's feeling alone he's place. fucking on an island by himself writing these amazing lyrics and then he gives us level terrace terrace apart yeah so let's hear that song yes
So what did that song do for you guys, Tony? Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, in, in, in the dance halls, nightclubs, discos, whatever you want to call them, we call them dance halls. That was a huge fucking hit. You know what I mean? Huge. And uh, I love dance. I forgot how good that song was. When he comes in with those guitar riffs like that, and, and he just hits those fucking drums, like, bam, 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 bam. I'm like, oh, my God. You know it's what I mean? And then the guy comes amazing. in with synthesizers like that. And I'm yeah. like, oh, just just a... It, you it, sounds, put, it, it doesn't sound like 1980. It's like... I know, think it's timeless, isn't it? Yeah, like I was saying, it, it sounds like it's now. Yeah. It's I mean, such I, a good song, man. I can't remember the last time I heard that. But as soon as it came on, I'm like, oh. Fuck! What a great song! You know it'll I mean? it'll take you back there. Yeah, yeah. It was. You know I mean, it was. Um, see, this is my transitional period. Not that kind of transition, but um, <laughs> Adam went straight there. I'm I'm also the one that thinks Lincoln Log sounds <laughs> yes. dirty. So. Yes. <laughs> Adam and his log fetish. It was, it, <clears throat> it was my transitional period from um, the skinhead fucking. So this is when your hair grows out and starts to part to one side. You kept the skinhead <laughs> part, but it just goes over in a wave, huh? Like yes. flock of seagulls do coming your way. Hey, hey. <laughs> dude, that guy's I mean, hair. You went from yeah. a mullet to fucking shaved head with yeah. a part. Oh yeah, to flock of seagulls, huh? Flock of seagulls. Oh, Aquanet was my friend. <laughs> Aquanet. For us, you know, later on in the '80s, we experiment with gelatin and toothpaste and all that yeah, stuff to spike our hair. Yeah. There was no going to Target or Amazon to you had that to get gooey. hair product. You actually had to create it. Baking soda was a good sculptor back then. Dude, then they started coming out with that like goopy green gel shit. You remember that shit? Yep, I do. And I you do. Fucking scoop it. That's like pomade, but but it's like new age. It's all. It, looks it would like dry green, clear. Yeah, it would dry clear. It's like green goop, dude. Yep. But it, it would stand your hair fucking straight. Is that the one in the, in the big black container? And it's yeah, it's like got a black lid. Black lid with spin off. Yeah. And you yeah, it, I remember you, seeing it in a clear container with yeah. a spin off lid. Yeah. And yeah. it was green. That's a CVS but, special. <laughs> but think yeah. about the name Level Terrace Apart again, yeah. and or Level Terrace Apart, and yet you're <coughs> going to find that awkward moment to ask a girl to dance, yeah. and not even thinking about the lyrics because yep. the music of that. Just got you moving. It, it got you off the wall. Got your feet feet and moving. Catchy and as fuck, man. Yeah. Adam just said it. it. It's timeless. It doesn't say 1980 to me. No, no same here. No. And can, this leads the way because you start hearing synthesizers and the keyboards start coming in and all that stuff starts to come in. That's going to bring us right into the new wave. And that's all new age. That's, new that's wave. what killed fucking and, disco, right? Yeah. Well. Disco needed to die on its own anyway. It's not according to Texas Tony. Tony, Tony, Tony still probably got some butterfly shirts in his closet. Oh, fuck me. But, you know, so here it is. Joy Division brings us into that stuff. But what about this one? This this is The Forest. Let's let's hear this song and see what you think. The Forest. so sick, dude.
So for a long intro, just breaking in makes you feel like something is about to fucking happen. That other shoe is about to drop in the forest. Oh, dude. I mean, uh, uh, yeah. I just told Adam I had like the 12-inch extended version of that. And uh, yeah, the EP on it or whatever you want to call it. But it was it was just, you know, I mean, it was like, oh, my God. I didn't even know. I bought it and I didn't know, you know, I'm like, why? You know what I mean? I knew why, but I, I'm like, I just can't explain this kind of fucking music, you know. No, that that so song, that song is gripping. Dude. Yeah. Well, yeah. just the video for that song, it does not look like the Robert that you know from The Cure. There's no, no makeup. There's no black eyes. There's no wild. Oh, is that the guy with the fucking haircut? Yeah, yeah with the there's with, no with, with the clown lips. Haircut. Yeah, with, with like the serial killer lipstick going. <laughs> and shit. But this is the start <laughs> yeah. of that goth scene. Level Terrace apart. Then you get The Cure with yeah. Forest all coming out in 1980, starting to move us into a whole different section of music that oh, was yeah. never played before. Stark difference between like disco and folk music. Oh. And life is depressing. So let's keep it going that way. Yeah. Oh, everything's dull. Oh, don't bother me. And is the that, goths that, come out. Is that the start of uh, the, the seedling of emo as well? We, we don't Kinda. Know. We don't, I mean, yeah, we, emo's an offspring, an off, <laughs> offset of that. Yeah. We don't talk about those people. Yeah, we <laughs> We're all emotional people, Adam. <laughs> we are emotional yeah. creatures. I mean, we I just heard you. you be emotional yeah. about single dads. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, got, okay. I got bent. You hear that? So, bent. Yes. <laughs> that. Best album I ever had. It was called Show Live by The Cure. Oh, fucking. Oh, that's that's ripping. Is that the cover? Yeah. That's the cover. Is the, the whole thing the cover with the block and everything? Yeah. So living in the technology of no, 2023, Sorry. Tony, Texas Tony needs to pull out his phone and show Adam what's on it. I think there's a Seinfeld skit about that these days. <laughs> yeah, don't scroll. Don't scroll on the camera roll. <laughs> but back to 1980, we didn't have all that. We had a transistor radio and... As a kid, the only place that we could get that was it was KML, but it was it was called something else. And they did they did nights for goth. They didn't do hip hop. It wasn't hip hop wasn't mainstream enough to be on the radios or on the airwaves. But that is where you could get the alternative stuff. Yeah, like yeah, I could hear the Clash, yeah. I could hear the Cure, yep. I'd hear the Smiths, which is another depressing one that would make the world seem like it was just going to be. Nothing but a bad thing. But the cure the cure and joy division start that for me. Like that starts that path down that gothic road. And you know, the goths and the punks, we all hung out because we were outcast from everything. And this is where it starts. We start to feel that division. We're not just little kids playing on the playground anymore. That class division is real. And it starts to take an identity back in nineteen eighty for me. But that's the thing, isn't it? It's like you can feel shit. You can feel you can feel shitty about stuff, but it's like fucking um, dance it away. You know what I mean? And you got songs like that, like you know, Love Will Tear Us Apart. Shit, who can't dance to that? You know what I mean? It's like do the Eddie Murphy. But um, you know, it's um, great. Is that, a, is that great. a dance, the Eddie Murphy? Or are you saying dance like? It was a dance in England. It never made it over no. to the United States. <laughs> okay, no, cause I was it like, was kind of like the hot tub. No, what it was was Eddie. Because I'm like, I don't know how the fuck Eddie Murphy dances. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Eddie Murphy roared. Was it was an actual dance move? No, it, oh. he he was taking the piss out of the English people dancing. Oh, I got you now. I, so okay. was Eddie dim, Mur I told you I'm fucking he, dim, dude. Watch Eddie well, Murphy roar. And he goes, yeah. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. yeah. He goes, you want to see white people dance? He puts his feet in feet. That's it. That, Tony's yeah. trying to show That's us it. his dance from the wheelchair yes. he sits in. But back to it, you know. So even if it was depressing in the world, 
kids were finding a way to have an outlet. Like they could yeah. identify with somebody else that was feeling the same way. Yeah. And this is this is where people get to identify and start truly finding themselves. Yeah, it's relatable, isn't it? It is. And I don't know about you in your it, teenage years, but at six and seven, like I said earlier, I was a sponge. Oh, I, was, I soaked I was up buying. everything around me and I felt it all. Oh, yeah. I was Even buying all this shit. Even though at home I was told not to share my feelings, not to talk about what happens in the house, and definitely don't show emotion. And that's what was going on. This was allowing me to identify with feelings that I had inside that were bottled up, and I could actually not let them out, but still relate to somebody that actually was letting them out, where I didn't feel so alone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree, man. I had a lot of, even though I, I had the bubble and the great mom and all that, with no doubt around, I was fucking hurting all the time all the music i had a lot of pent-up anger back then and the, and the good tunes helped get it out i yeah. think i yeah. don't know I like you said makes you feel not alone like it, it 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 says exactly what you feel and you don't have to put it to words it's trippy i don't know, dude i remember it, i hate to admit this but like for the first two years of my mum being gone i mean i listened to music as loud as i could with my headphones on or my trans no i had headphones by then right yeah, and um, crying myself to sleep, just crying every single night. I want my mom, I want my mom, I want my mom. You know what I mean? And it's like, and I don't admit to crying much. No, no. You know what I mean? But I swear, I cried myself to sleep every single night for two two years. My Christmas present, uh, Christmas list. Do you remember writing out Christmas list? Yeah, Santa. He's like, yeah. Was Did you going? ask for your mom back? <laughs> yeah. Oh fuck! You're tearing me up, dude. <laughs> that was it. That's the only thing I put. I want my mom. And that was it. And then my dad had to explain why she couldn't come back. Well, if you quit beating her, you dick, she can come back. Yikes. But no. <laughs> well, that <laughs> anger, Adam Adam touched on it, that pent-up anger. That, yeah. was, that was going on, and there was no real outlet for it. Like, if there was, it was my outlet for my anger turned out to be, all right, I can pick on the bullies at school that yep. are picking on the youngsters that yep. – they can't defend themselves, and it didn't matter what age they were. I would walk in head first to get fucking into a fight yeah. with somebody older than me that was bullying somebody in my class, yeah. and that anger that was my outlet. Like that allowed me to let some of that anger at home you, you boil know, out. You know what you just brought up for me because it's weird because that sorrow turned into hatred and anger and rage, and because I was kind of a, I wouldn't say I was a big guy. I definitely not now. But I was, you know, I was a fair-sized guy. I knew how to fight. I'd learned how to box and stuff like that and karate. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's wow. like, he, every wow. time he opens his mouth, I'm shocked at all the shit he's done. Um, you know, or I mean, did he claim? <laughs> wow, well, we'll see. Hey, uh, I tell you what, this is going out. So um, you can ask any of my friends down the pub and shit. Um, what was I saying? <laughs> Adam and I are going to make you're, a special trip to the east end of London just to ask it. I would. Hey, did Texas Tony know karate? <laughs> Why are you calling him Texas Tony, you prick? <laughs> yeah, yeah, straight up. They're gonna, who the fuck are you talking You know about? that guy that drives on the wrong side of the road? Yeah. I've always known as Nut Nut, so they call me Nut Nut. Oh, oh, well, that's oh, good to know. Okay. When I go to England, hey, do you know Nut Nut? <laughs> <laughs> nut Nut sent me. Fucking no comment. <laughs> no, but you were talking about knowing karate, though. Seriously, what were you talking about? Yeah. Anyway, so it was it was that sorrow had been turned oh, into that's, yeah, yeah. anger and rage. Yeah. And, you know, and so it's like you know, with the punk rock and the skinheads, and then the punk rock, and then the new wave and everything. You know, I'm like, yeah, love it turns apart. Fuck you. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So, so basically, bottling it all up, it fermented into fucking anger and hate. That's yeah. all. That's and all that, I know, dude. That, is what we were taught. Don't share your emotions. Yeah. 
Men do not show their feelings. How many times you have ever been asked, Neil, why are you so angry, bro? Oh, all the <laughs> All the fucking time, <laughs> <I> mean, dude. <laughs> Why, like, why are you getting upset? I'm not upset. I'm just passionate about this bullshit conversation that we're having. You know, like exactly. But uh, yeah, people ask me all the time. But dude, yeah. you're you're an angry dude. I go fuck. I, I guess in my I'm starting to realize that I'm a fucking dickhead. Not not but. so much of a Yoda. Well, let them have their their perception of what angry exactly. is. And you know, I was raised by Italians, right? So, yeah, my hands, I speak with my hands, and I get passionate when I speak, and people tell me, oh, that's hostility. Like, no, it's not. If you were raised in the house I was raised in, that's the way we all spoke. We all spoke with our hands. Not that we put hands on anybody. Well, there was times, but... I'm communicating right now. I'm communicating. Yeah, My true. hands are communicating. Uh, but, isn't that a stereotype? But I never that... thought about bottling all that angst <laughs> and all those feelings up and to watch them ferment and boil over when it couldn't take any more. And yeah. what does it come out? It comes out as fermented hate yeah. and it fermented anger. Like we yeah. definitely were a brewery all on our own. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the thing. It, oh, God, what was it? I had a good point then. It just totally went. See, when you get old, this kind of shit happens. But um, what, repeat what you just said. What about a fermented fermented feelings? Turn yeah. it into anger and rage, and yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Because fermented like, is a good way to put it. Man. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it gets all sour, and nasty. It does. Yeah, yeah. festers yeah. up. Oh, yeah. dark and dank and shit like that. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's um, I had a lot of friends who fucking acted the same way. You know what I mean? And well, we can identify with those that feel that are are just as hurt as we are. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And what's that saying? Hurt people, hurt people. Yeah, hurt people, hurt people. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you know I mean, and I've, I've probably hurt a few people. I know I have. I mean, I, I didn't. Not think mali- about it. Not if, if we go back but, to the first episode know. and we talk about that whole effect that the Vietnam War had on us, even though we didn't live through that experience, yeah. but the ripple effect for those that uh, came home, the vets, like hurt people, hurt people. So yeah. our dads hurt us yeah. growing yeah. up. Yeah. There was no like when I when I deal with the younger generation and my nieces and the family, and it's. Talk about what you want to talk about. Yeah. Let it out. Yeah. Like there's trying to change and flip that script from the way I was raised is a hard fucking thing to do. Let me ask you all this one then. So did you ever sit down at dinner? If if I mean we all used to have to wait to down to get back from the Powerball Club or wherever before we could eat dinner, right? Because we all sat down together. And so was there ever a time <laughs> he sat down and your dad was like, So how was your day? Never. Yeah, there, there was none of that. I mean, there was dinner time conversation, but you did. Your dad got the first plate. Yeah, and your mom. Like we always waited for my mom to sit down. Yeah, I did. But everybody, everybody got their plate, and then my mom was served last because she was the one serving yeah. us all. But we did have that dinner time. Yeah. Like that's something I do not have in my life now. No. There is no set dinner time that six o'clock. No. Be there for dinner. Nineteen eighty. There was no street lights. It was be home for dinner. Yeah. I don't care what you're doing, but be home when dinner's on the table. Do you know where your child is at? You know, you know it's funny. <laughs> Do you know I, where your child is? I don't. I don't eat at like the same time. Set even times. with even with a kid, when I have my kid, I'm not like dinner's ready at six. It doesn't fucking happen. Would you want? Well, I mean, would you want to be though? No, it seems pretty stale. I mean, we, we eat dinner every night. It's not like we're eating at crazy times, but it. I don't have a set time like my mom used to. You know, my, my grandparents to. definitely fucking did. Oh yeah. My mom and my grandmother still have that. Yeah. It's cocktails about four thirty, five o'clock, dinner at 6, yeah. and the news. My yeah. grandparents, and it was gin and tonics at 3 in the afternoon. <laughs> two. They had two that's every still, day. That's, that's it. That's that boil over from that? the 50s that, hey, we can yeah. have this happy life and 
fuck, I wish we could have that fantasy life, but I can't do it. Who has two gin and tonics in there? Okay, we'll I, don't, I don't know. I don't <laughs> know. And they would have two, and they wouldn't drink the rest of the fucking night. It's so strange. I would, two gin and tonics, that's the bottle. Yeah, it is like, the bottle. It well, is, at least it, it was. Not anymore, but, you know. Yeah. Why what was it? Murphy used to tell us, gin will make you sin. Gin will make you sin, yeah. And yet. We would drink a bottle of Seagrams and sit in front of him at the bar, and gin would make me sin. Like, there was bad oh. nights they call, on gin. They call that the mother's ruin. The mother's ruin. Yeah. Oh, no wonder my yeah. mom has gotten so <laughs> pissed at me a few times. Well, there was a point in the 70s that I used to spend every year at my biological father's mother's house in Clear Lake. And then she would get my half-sisters to so come that, down out of Washington. That's your grandmother, right? That's my grandmother. So I'd be at my grandma's house, and I would, I'd be sent up there as soon as school got out. Not even a week after school got out, boom, I was shipped off to Clear Lake. I look forward to it. It was an escape from getting beat on at home. It was an escape from everything that was happening in my house. And it was also a break for my mother to not have to deal with me. But at the same time, it gave me that world war ii vet teaching me how to rebuild everything how to garden like we talked about encyclopedias last time and my grandmother would tell me all the things my grandfather would do and here's an encyclopedia this is how you prune a rose bush yeah. read it learn it and go prune my rose bushes but the point being about clear lake is it <laughs> before i knew any different about dress up or people that wanted to dress up in opposite sexes clothes my sisters would dress me up in my like Grandmother's Adam. fucking nightgowns, not nightgowns, but her high-end ballroom attire, right? And then my or grandmother her, would her mix evening up. gowns, man. They, well, I don't know whether they're called evening gowns or what. Did they have For me, ballroom <laughs> dancing, Burkhart. You're talking to the miracle, dude. I'm telling you. Yeah. Okay, so the miracle gown. tells me it's an evening gown. So my sisters would dress up in heels, and they would dress up their little brother. And mind you, I'm five or six years old at this point. But my grandmother is teaching my sisters how to drink like women and drink like a lady with your legs closed. And she's making gin pitchers of gin martinis. And how old are they? Pit, they're pit, 13, pit, 14, 15. So they're starting to develop as yeah. women. And they're boys really are hitting on them. Like, I remember my grandmother telling me, your sisters, you got to protect them. You're younger than them. But if any boys fuck with your sisters, you got you better come home bleeding. Yeah. That you got into a fight to protect your sisters. Yeah. But I remember distinctly getting dressed up with my sisters and going to sit on the deck on a hot summer night. My grandmother pusting out gin martinis to teach my sisters how to drink properly like properly. women. So so it wasn't like, here's a fake drink, let's practice. It was like, no, a straight fucking pitcher of gin no, martinis. Your grandma, your grandma and I would have gotten along famously, dude. dude she we we would have been best fucking friends, man. She was a battle axe, dude. She was a five foot four little Irish woman that would fucking beat the fuck out of you. And she was protective of her flock. She'd give you a drink, though. Uh, she would definitely give you a drink. She was like my, my father. Like, it sounds like Tony going to the bar with his shit-faced parent or whatever. Remember, he was, what, what was that? You, you could respons go the, responsible parent. Yeah, the with, responsible parent. You can yeah. drink in the pub if you came with a responsible yes. parent. Yeah. 16 and above. That's fucking But crazy. like I said, the, life was different back then. Like, yeah, this yeah. was what was going on. That fantasy of cocktailing and happy hour was going on, and in 1980, I didn't feel any of that was really realistic. Like, that bubble of owning a house, getting a 9-to-5 job was not something I mm. thought would even be around for us because I never thought I would make it past 18. I really thought I was going to die in a nuclear fucking war. Yeah. I would get hijacked on a plane. I would be taken or kidnapped. Like, all that shit plays in my mind as a 
a young kid trying to make his way in the world. So we're coming to an end of Rewind My Life, episode three in 1980. This is Detour Dan getting ready to sign off along with Texas Tony. And the miracle from Torrance. Oh, the miracle on ice. Adam's trying to change his nickname already. (laughs) Too bad for Adam. (laughs) (laughs) The bubble is going to pop eventually. Yeah, it popped a long time ago. (laughs) We're going to leave you one more. This is the Guns of Brixton with The Clash. Love this. Yeah. This episode was brought to you by Ciento Coffee and the Slow Jam Blend. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. There's nothing slow about that blend. (laughs) Nothing slow. (laughs) We'll finish up 1980 in what? A fortnight, Adam? Is that what I learned last yeah, week? Yeah, it's a, it's a fortnight, yeah. In yeah, two, we just got all K-Jazzy. Two weeks. Right, <laughs> Tune in to Working Class Radio. Two rewind weeks. my yeah, life. two weeks. Fortnite City, baby. <laughs> but here City. is the guns of Brixton. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.